episode two of the Adeland Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Doc, and Adam. We've got a lot to cover today, and there will be spoilers if you're not caught up on all new and uncanny Inhumans in Civil War II, so proceed with caution. Right, we're going to be addressing quite a few things today, uh, including a really quick rundown of what's been happening in the human books of late. Um, some discussion about the Inhumans' very pivotal involvement in this summer's big event book, Civil War II, along with the ever-building tensions between the Inhumans and the X-Men, which is set to culminate in three upcoming event crossover miniseries books, uh, Death of X, Inhumans vs. X-Men, and then the just-announced Resurrection. <laughs> because that, that name, Resurrection... It's uh, yeah. the, the thing is, if you see the, the the O and the X have got Black Bolt and uh, the X Men X, obviously. Well, just when you thought they'd run out of words that they could impose a giant X into, they've made up a new one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this is going to be a fun episode, <laughs> right? So, should we, so, should we dive straight in with Civil War Two? I suppose, or. Well, I think uh, first we we could, we could talk about what is happening in the books because um, yep. today is seeing um, uh, the 13th issue of Uncanny Inhumans and the 11th and sadly final issue of All New Inhumans. Both I'm very excited to read. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, also, it's sorry, I was just going to say it's pretty sad that uh, All New X Men, uh, yeah, oh, oh, tongue tied, All New uh, All New <laughs> Humans, sorry, is uh, coming to an end. But cause it's been a, such a great book. It has, it has been a great book. So, um, where are we currently? Um, where have we left off with All New and Humans? If you want to give us a brief rundown, Doc, on um, what happened in the final arc, the final full arc we've had for that story, because um, just get people caught up. Uh, it was a really terrific art. Um, uh, Flint, also known as Jason, uh, and Gorgon, um, along with Anna Kravinov, uh, discovered the secret hidden citadel of Utalan, which was this uh, is this um, inhuman enclave uh, hidden in the uh, mountains of Mozambique. And uh, Flint got to meet his birth mom and uh, learning about Utalan was just super cool um it was a really great uh, arc and you know marvel very well could have just ended the series with that because it was a very good end wrap-up so i very much appreciate their um putting out this 11th issue to wrap up all the other dangling plot lines and to give us more of a sense of conclusion um so there's that yeah, and then in, on, go ahead. Sorry, I was just about to say that all new X Men. Half um, uh, oh, a crying out, I've done it again, haven't I? All new Inhumans. Um, hmm. It's it's been genuinely. Uh, it, it could have gone for longer. That's all I'm going to say on it because it really. It's it's been such a good book. It's kind of one of those books that you really wish had kind of um, you know almost. I, I I'm a bit worried to say this, but if it had sold more then it would have been a much bigger hit, but, you know. <laughs> That's the definition of a hit, I suppose. Well, yeah. I think it, it was a... <laughs> for, for such a well-written book, um, it, it definitely should have sold much more. Because it really should have. It's, it's disheartening because it's everything I wanted from an Inhumans title. And the, from the writing, the character development, and the fantastic art, and for everything that I think would make great humans books to come to fruition and then to end up selling so poorly, it kind of breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really disappointed that it, it's getting canceled. Um, I, it was my favorite book. One of the ones, well, one of my favorites, we know what my favorite book is, it has nothing to do with it, <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is definitely my second favorite book and definitely one that I looked forward to more than any other each month and I'm quite disappointed and as much as I love Uncanny Inhumans, All New, I think um, was even more it was, it was than Uncanny has been. It was consistently better, I think is the best way to put it and the nicest way to put it. Uh, it's it was it's different, yeah. And um, 
I think, uh, you know, in, in, as far as comic book lore gets a history, history will look back fondly on this series. And people are like, oh, that was a great series. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. such a shame that it didn't last longer. But, you know, well, it's they can't take it away. I'll have the two trade paperbacks and they will have a, a, a spot of reverence on my shelf. <laughs> um, so anyways... Um, Uncanny in Humans is continuing, and it's really heating up uh, with its uh, tie-in to um, Civil War II. So the 13th issue hits the stands today, and it's got a big-time um, uh, fight with the uh, Inhumans versus the Ultimates, not to be missed. Yeah, uh, and, and the, the Uncanny Humans um, actual books have been super fun to to read to be honest with you the the actual civil war two tie-ins anyway um, yeah i think it's excellent i think um sorry i'm gonna i'm just gonna go into this and go off a little bit but uh with uncanny inhumans so we have the showdown between um medusa and the ultimates but you're seeing a little bit of a prelude to that because in a force there's been some tension between medusa and captain marvel as well so Uh i wonder how much of that's going to be playing into uh, uncanny inhumans and vice versa well, I think Uncanny Humans are definitely following down the path of trying to get their um, their vengeance on <laughs> Iron Man, really, or at least it has been, and um, I'm not happy about that, but we'll, we're going to discuss that in a minute anyway, so... Well, well it's, uh, that's a good segue. <clears throat> yeah, I suppose so it the, is. The Inhumans have been kind of hoisted into this very pivotal role in the Civil War II conflict. They... They have this new inhuman, his name is Ulysses, and he has a very special inhuman power. He can predict the future. It's not so much a straight-out prediction as it is a um, an, uh, sort of it's like statistical a analysis. Um, yeah, it's like a pro- probability. It, it comes up with a uh, like a biggest, the biggest probability of something happening will be, um, right? You know what he sees essentially. But in that it is not true prognostication, what he is actually doing is profiling the future, which is a very problematic thing. Now, the Inhumans, they they knew they had this resource, this asset, and then it was going to make them, in many ways, a target. So they did the diplomatic thing and offered him up to the Ultimates, to Carol Danver and her her team um, as something they could use. They say, all right, we got this new, we got this kid. He can see the future. Do you want to use him as sort of a crime or disaster prevention strategy? And, um, and, and Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel was, yeah, she just gripped on that and, and ran with it. So hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and at first it worked out great. They stopped a big celestial attack in New York and they were uh, there to prevent Thanos from acquiring the Cosmic Cube. But things went a little wrong because the battle that ensued between Thanos, the Ultimates, and the Inhumans resulted in War Machine, uh, Ro- Ro- uh, James Rhodes. James Rhodes. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's killed in this battle, and She-Hulk is severely injured. And the whole thing results in this giant philosophical schism in the hero community with Iron Man saying, no, what you're doing is wrong, you can't do this, and Captain Marvel saying, no, we need to do this, it's irresponsible not to. And, and the thing is, the death of War Machine, um, for me, was was kind of one of those things that they, they actually did really well in the comics because of what happened in the movie, in, in Civil War, that came out in, in when was it, April? Uh, May. May. Well, April for you. Yeah, April for me because mm-hmm. I because we get all the movies first. Hey. Um, nice. So yeah, I mean, and that one was was quite. Uh, it was one of those one of those issues where I kind of read it and I'm kind of thinking that's actually pretty sad. And and, and oh, comics, that's extremely quite, sad. Yeah, and comics don't usually hit me like that because you know I read them for entertainment. But yeah, War Machine Dime was just was was pretty terrible. <laughs> it was just one of those things. I thought you know this is this is the movie all over again. I'm just going to sit there and, and cry in a corner. Right. So. And Although, you, I wish, go ahead, Doc. I wish he hadn't died. I think, I mean, if he had been paralyzed the way in which um, the, the cinematic version occurred, you know, where um, 
where Don Cheadle's character was paralyzed, not killed. I just, I think killing off War Machine is, it, it kind of plays into a very tired trope of having uh, an ancillary black character get killed off in a major event. The exact same thing happened in the first Civil War where they, they killed off Goliath um, in, a, in a very kind of cold-blooded way and um but i think the difference you know i'm you know i've not con- i'm not condoning that that trope of you know uh, a, a black character dying but i think in the original civil war i think goliath was killed off because he he wasn't an a-list character and it was purely because of that and i think that yeah i think the war machine in this one was killed off purely to kind of uh almost parallel but well, the, the movie itself really let's let's be honest right. it's bendis writing it but you know. <laughs> well, here's the thing that I find interesting about, about it, and I think the other reason they picked War Machine was because of his ties to Carol and Tony. Yes, yeah, yes. And he was a you, tether between the interesting, two. And this has nothing to do with the Inhumans at all, but I just think it's a parallel, that, or well, not necessarily a parallel, but something that does need to be pointed out, is that you're seeing Tony grieving very much for Rhodey, but Carol isn't really allowing herself to do so. I mean, maybe little bits here and there, but if you're reading Carol's comic, she really hasn't had a chance to grieve Rhodey all that much. No, well, she's hoisted herself into her work. And I, I think, I think that, that again, that's quite a good segue actually, because that kind of links into Iron Man actually abducting Ulysses, because Tony was grieving. He was uh, incredibly. Um, sad about the loss of his friend like like everybody would be um and so he he does what he considers to be the you know the thing that he he needs to do he has to go and take ulysses he has to analyze him and uh essentially find out how he ticks really so not necessarily in the wrong way right way though he does it in all the wrong ways possible yeah i i I will admit he does do it in the wrong ways but i i think that um (laughs) i just think the whole inhumans kind of trashing his life was um wrong essentially (laughs) just just basically it was wrong well that's what happens i I can see why medusa would do it because technically the inhumans knew adelan is a sovereign nation and Tony basically went into a sovereign nation and kidnapped and sort of tortured well he, he yeah, poked and prodded him. and 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 he tortured Ulysses basically um and he went into a sovereign nation and and just kidnapped one of their subjects which I'm pretty sure is illegal and in some ways I can kind of see where Medusa is coming from because Tony Stark messed with the Inhumans, and if she does not retaliate in some way, who else is going to try and take advantage of her nation and her subjects? Yeah, right. I, she I, is a deterrent. I, I agree. I agree with you on that point. Um, but I'm just going to try. You know, I'm just going to try and argue my case um, because I, I I'm very much a fan of Iron Man, and I make no sort of bones about it. Iron Man was kind of like the character that got me into comic books because uh, I saw the Iron Man two movie, and I went out and bought a load of comic books um but i feel that um he acted in a way because he was if he went to the actual if he went to medusa and said i want to find out how he works then i very much doubt that she would have handed him over um not like she did with the ultimates at least because the ultimates it was kind of like a almost like a um like a, a a peace gesture i suppose almost it was quid pro quo yeah, it was kind we'll of. We'll give you this guy if you don't mess with us. Yeah, whereas, sort of with with uh, with Iron Man, they weren't they were never going to give him up. They they wouldn't have said, yeah, you can go and sort of find out how he ticks. But arguably, the Inhumans should have done that in the first place because they've got Beast, they've got you know whoever else in the Inhumans in New Atalan, um, and and they should have been finding that stuff out. And it just frustrates me so much that. It's just it's how how well written the uh, series has been, I think. But um, I'd get this frustrated over some fictional characters. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, and I think that's maybe you know maybe his bereavement over the loss of his best friend has caused him to act in an irrational fashion because he's normally a much more pragmatic character. He wouldn't do something so rash as to you know, know break that. into a nation. Yeah. Okay. But what he does is he he sets a precedent, and if the Inhumans don't react, they 
if they don't create some sort of deterrent, then everyone from AIM to Hydra to whomever will continue to try and break into a Adelan to um, you know take their resources. So she says, whatever we do, we can't hurt anyone. So instead, they hurt his life. They drain his bank accounts. They they destroy his classic car collection. They put up, I guess, a that sex was a great tape. Scene, that by he, the way, that yeah. classic car collection scene that was great. Yeah, so those of you who haven't read it. Uh, Lockjaw teleports into this uh, garage that has all of Tony's classic cars and private jets. He teleports into there, drops a series of grenades out of his mouth, and then teleports away, and the whole thing explodes. But it's all engineered in a way that it doesn't actually hurt anyone other than Stark, and and they even do it so that none of the Stark employees are injured. Yeah, um, and I, I think, yeah, I, I think that that is that is something I do kind of agree with, and I will agree that Medusa had the right way of doing it because if you think about it, and I, I know I've been going on, uh, I I, I free, used to well, I, I frequent the comic book resources forums, and I tried to make an argument on there um, that they should have done it. Um, what's the word? You know, actually legally, essentially, um, but of course. Iron Man, being the billionaire that he is, would have probably just been able to pay people off just to just to get him. I suppose. And I, I think that in 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 a way, I do kind of agree with the method that Medusa used. And you know, but what came next was a bit of a was a bit of a surprise. Well, right. She she has this ta- this plan. We're not we're going to strike back, but we're going to do it in a non-hostile fashion. Um, so that the Inhumans aren't viewed by the world as this sort of hostile nation. Um, But Triton doesn't agree with this. He doesn't feel that it's a strong enough message. And quite stupidly, he he seeks out Maximus and says, hey, we need to do more. (laughs) And Maximus is more than happy to assist. That's also a great scene. (laughs) That is a great scene. And if you look closely at that scene, he's in a bar, and he's got a bottle of, of liquor next to him, and it's actually called uh, Northern Comfort, which, I don't know, cracked me up. <laughs> instead of, instead of dr- he's Maximus the Mad, he doesn't drink Southern Comfort, he drinks Northern Comfort. Who knows what that is? Um, well, before you know it, Stark Tower explodes and crumbles, and who knows how many souls were in there and died, and it was an image... I don't know if this was intentional or not, but an image quite evocative of uh, the 9-11 attacks here in the United States. Um, and um, it looks as though the Inhumans of New Adeland, it looks to the world that the Inhumans of New Adeland have done this, when actually it was just Maximus. Um, then, to make matters worse, Maximus enlists the help of uh, Lash and Lash's <laughs> tribe of evil Inhumans. Where have they been um, hiding? <laughs> They have been hiding. Uh, they attack a Stark manufacturing plant in Switzerland, um, killing numerous people in the process. Um, the uh, in, uh, Medusa and her uncanny team are they 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 show up. And they're like, "Hey, stop!" And you mean Captain Marvel? No, well, no sooner than they come up than the Ultimates arrive. Yeah, and oh, I see. What you're this is Maximus's plan all along. He doesn't want the Inhumans sitting on the sidelines. He wants them. He wants to engineer a, a war between the humans and the Inhumans. He wants chaos, and he's getting his wish. And uh, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's it's quite an interesting situation to be in because it's almost kind of you know I know, I know we're going to go through this in a little bit, but it's almost kind of setting up that whole potentially Inhumans versus X-Men stuff because Inhumans have kind of shown themselves to be this force to be reckoned with, put it that way. Um, yeah. And it's definitely, this is definitely a spark that's going to ignite something at least. So I guess we'll wait and see, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get to the Inhumans versus X-Men in a minute, but yeah, right. it's, it's definitely exciting it, to see. And it's, it's been very interesting. And the... Uh, the themes have been exciting. I mean, there's a lot of <clears throat> sentiment where Medusa is saying, what we do reflects on all Inhumans. 
and all the new in humans that are being created around the world. And how we act will affect how our people are treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, we, we don't need to delve too far into this, but I think the, the um, parallels um, to the, the vast difficulties across the world with Islamophobia is, is quite poignant and interesting. And, I, and I'm, I'm really, I appreciate Charles Soule taking the risk and delving into that material because it's important stuff and it's, uh, it's but, quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, you know, we're not, we're not going to go into it in, in any real depth here, but I mean, it is, it is good to see that someone is, you know, is pointing out that, that kind of, uh, that parallel, I suppose, in comic books and just sort of getting it out there, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good to see. Another interesting thing about the Civil War is that this main character, this Ulysses character, has remained an absolute cipher throughout. He has almost no personality. We don't know anything about his background. Like um, how? Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. But like, how does he? Like, does he even have a say in how he? Like, he? he it sounds like he doesn't even have a choice to to help the Ultimates out or not. I mean, yes, he has this power that he can, you know, analyze things and predict things, but. He doesn't necessarily have to. He he can say, can't he say no or is he just not given the option? Like we don't even see any of that. Do you know what? that is actually a very good point. <laughs> we don't know what he wants, and there's been a a, a mini series that has run in uh, throughout um, Marvel's Infinity, the digital platform that yeah. has uh, it's called Civil War Two Ulysses, and it shows. Ulysses learning to use his powers. He's being trained by Karnak, who (laughs) (laughs) is honestly the. I love Karnak too, but I would not want to be his pupil. (laughs) Um, Not at all. He he just lambasts him and and basically indoctrinates this kid into this outlook of the world that is absolutely nihilistic. Nothing matters. Everything is crap. We're all just dead meat that don't. That, that in the long run is stardust. Too, too much realism but, there. Too much realism. It, <laughs> I think there's a purpose to it, though, because um, see, you know, Ulysses' predictive powers are, you know, are influenced by his own biases and his own views on things. So if Karnak can break him down into seeing everything as equally meaningless, then he won't be. Uh, he'll be disabused of any bias he has, and uh, be able to have more accurate predictions. And, you know, I think that's actually quite an interesting point because that's almost a parallel again. Because you know, you've got. Okay, I, I don't know how how in depth I'm going to go with this, but it's kind of like uh, you know when you've got a parent that's you know very adamant in their views, you know, um, whether it's you know firmly atheist or conservative christian uh, that when they when they try and pass down their views and it's kind of the, the child gets indoctr- indoctrinated whatever the word is into that um it's kind of you, you don't see an awful lot of choice and i think that's quite interesting to see as well um but yeah that's, that's but as, <laughs> as the series is going on though it looks like whatever karnak is doing and Civil War Two seems to be working because, if you've noticed Ulysses' appearance throughout the issues of Civil War and the Inhumans, he's kind of definitely more uh, adopting the look that uh, Karnak has, or yeah. similar. Yeah, he's got he's got the same facial tattoos. And, yeah, uh, I was about to mention that sitting lotus style. And that, um, and, and and I was I was actually uh, that's one of the things I was going to um, email you guys about um, uh, a couple of weeks ago was that in the in the previews for something whether it's um, Ulysses four whatever it is I can't I, you know I can't remember what the issue was but it's got Ulysses with a hood on and he's actually got the facial tattoos in red rather than green um, and he looks really cool I can't you know I, I can't sort of uh, dismiss that but yeah it's quite interesting. That's- what the image you're talking about is the co- the cover for the upcoming fifth issue of Civil War, the the actual series. Ah, is it okay? Um, that's um, that's good to hear. <laughs> and yeah, he's you know Karnak's general philosophy is kind of like Taoism meets neo nihilism, and it's and it's very kind of like get rid of all your personality, just <laughs> be a rock in the ocean, and. Um, 
I, I don't think Ulysses had much of a personality to begin with, so he now has even less personality. He's just I don't know, I kind of got that vehicle. hit vibe from him. Well, he had, he had, the, he had the cool hairdo, I guess. <laughs> but it, w- w- it wasn't introduced as just being like a high, high school student. No, college. College, college okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's, that, it, it's just that whole parallel between you know real-life reality when you get a parent figure trying to you know put their views onto a, a child, essentially. And um, whilst he's not a child, it's still rubbing off, obviously, and uh, he's, he's getting um, that view on. But in a lot of ways, I feel like with, when you have a power set like Ulysses, Ulysses excuse me, and you know, as horrible as this sounds, I kind of think he needs to adopt that view to make it to to make it work. Work, yeah. Exactly. To make it work. And yeah, he, he kinda needs to detach himself from Exactly everyone essentially. Just to be able to kind yeah. of say, Well, this is my power, this is how it works, but this is also kind of you know, if he gets too attached to someone and he sees them in a vision He's going to do his absolute utmost to try and stop that from happening, and well, that yeah, that ties into the exact problem with profiling as a general crime enforcement practice. Yeah. I mean, it can work, but it is so easily um, undermined and adulterated by people's biases, by their own agendas. So, like, and- you know, for all we know, profiling has been very effective in in preventing terrorist attacks but for every you know attack that might be prevented there's a lot of people whose civil liberties are being infringed upon who are being uh profiled for no good reason for racist reasons it's a problem yep and you're seeing that now too because in in i don't know if you guys are reading captain marvel's comic or not but yeah i'll get it in trade yeah, in Captain Marvel's current comic, you're seeing that Carol is very much trying very, very, very hard to do things within the bounds of other countries' laws, to do everything legally. And what we're seeing kind of in Miss Marvel, who is another inhuman, is we're seeing that, um, as Doc was saying, that you, that can be undermined and influenced in other ways. So even though Carol's doing her damn best to make sure it's done correctly, at least in the Captain Marvel comic you're seeing the cracks are really starting to show with people that are trying to take advantage of Ulysses' power and trying to work it in their own particular way. I think, I think yeah. you're seeing, I think you're seeing the cracks with Captain Marvel in civil war two anyway. So yeah, but yeah. I think what you're seeing in civil war two is you're not really seeing Carol's side of the things, no. which is why you need to read Captain Marvel. Cause you will not that you necessarily will agree with what Carol is saying, or doing, but you will certainly respect what her choices are and what she's doing. Um, I have nothing but respect for Carol after reading. Um, even in the Ultimates, I kind of have some respect for Carol, too. But really, in the Captain Marvel comic, you have to read it. Because if you're not reading that along with Civil War Two, I think you're missing half the story. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's a good book. It's uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Gage are, are, write, are writing it. And the arts by uh, Chris Anka. And it's a terrific book. Um, the, the thing is with um, sort of Carol is I don't I don't disagree with her um, her ideals and I don't disagree with what she's trying to do. I just disagree with um, you know following following essentially what is you know a probability to the to the letter essentially, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. saying, well, this is absolutely going to happen. We must act on this. It's kind of you you can't do that because that's like saying, okay, so I've told someone. That I'm going to go rob a shop, um, and then when I get to the shop, I then get arrested, but I haven't done anything yet. Right, and right. That that is what I have problems with, because I know well, that, I know they've shown in in sort of some of the books that um, they've shown them to be tailing a potential sub- subject, and and I could I could see that they're kind of you know they're kind of suggesting that it's not just okay this guy's going to do something bad we have to go get him which is which is good but. Yeah. Well, it's... and Spider Woman, because I'm going to bring up Spider Woman, because actually this is exactly what um, Spider Woman was sent out to vet Ulysses', Ulysses visions. So in the and we get a whole bunch of them in uh, issue number ten, which um, actually is pretty inhuman centric, believe it or not. So the first one has her going to Black Bolt's bar, and um, the crime had already been committed, but basically she got the guy to admit that he committed the crime. 
And so he gets kicked out of the bar, and they kick his ass and, you know, go on <laughs> That's the very the way. Melter. Yes. And then... Blast from the past. On, um, because she sends, Carol sends her to the moon, to the blue area of the moon, um, which is also kind of tied to the, Indian hum- the Inhumans, because they lived there for a while. Yeah, And uh, they, once again, another vision's confirmed. And then a third vision they catch in the process of it happening, which takes them to Monster Metropolis, of all places. And um, they catch another one of Ulysses' visions happening as it's happening. So basically what winds up happening is us is very non-biased and wants nothing to do with this. And now it's turning out that even on the smaller scale things, Ulysses visions are 100% accurate. So take from that what you will, but it's a very, very good issue that I think you should read. Well, the thing is they, they, they say it's a hundred percent accurate. But in the actual Civil War book, it's kind of been suggested that the probabilities get higher as you get closer to it. So, which is why he gets the visions fairly close to the event. So it's it's usually within a week, or you know, at least from what I've read, it is anyway. Um, right. And at that point, things have already gone through. You know, the kind of you know, it's, it's gone through the whole sort of setup process, let's say, and then it's kind of actually gonna the ball is rolling for it to happen. But in, well, in, in, it's, an, in, it's an ethical quagmire. Yeah, because in in the one case, whilst it could be potentially you know anything between ninety five and one hundred percent certain, that is not an absolute probability. At least not from three days before an event, because it goes back to the whole, you know, I'm going to go and rob a bank in three days' time. Right now, I could completely yeah. forget that I even said that, and somebody could still go yeah. to the authorities and say this guy's going to go rob a bank. So they're then. Yeah, you know, or, or steal from a shop or whatever, and then they put people there, and it's it's kind of it's, it is definitely an ethical sort of quagmire because there's no way you can actually tell it for certain. Well, in Spider Woman ten, and in the 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 current arc in Captain Marvel, you're seeing the system being used properly, mm-hmm. where they're doing it legally. They're waiting for some a crime to actually occur before they intervene. In in Miss Marvel you're seeing the system being used improperly. Uh, Carol has put uh, Miss Marvel in charge of this, this team of junior Carol cadets, and they, um, they are a little corrupted by the power that they're given, and they arrest um, Josh uh, before he does the crime he is, uh, that he's suggested to have, to have committed. Um, and that is illegal. <laughs> yeah. They, they right. completely, and they they don't do it right. And because they don't do it right, um, it ends up in this huge tragedy where uh, Bruno tries to break Josh out. His his device malfunctions, and he blows up, and he is uh, left uh, in a coma with terrible burns. And um, the the current cliffhanger he, he's crashed he's taken to the ICU we don't know if he's going to survive it's it's quite terrible and as a result uh, Kamala Miss Miss Marvel her her faith and belief in the system and in her hero Captain Marvel um, has been completely undermined. Will she rename, rename herself Miss Stark? I don't think so. I hey, cat. some cat does not agree with that. Um, well, nice. I agree with I agree with Sirin's cat. It is a very bad <laughs> scene, and it's it's heartbreaking to see uh, Kamala lose faith in Carol because you know this was the hero who inspired her to become a superhero herself, and um, she's uh, yeah, it's disillusioned. Kind of, it's, yeah, it's kind of like the cracks are appearing in her entire world, essentially. Um, and, yeah, and you know that's that's difficult to to be able to be able to put into into any comic really. But yeah. um, should we talk about it's a fantastic issue? And I, I, I strongly recommend everyone read the current arc in Miss Marvel because uh, it is soup to nuts, a perfect comic. Yeah. Yes, we should it's, move on. Well, I was just, really just going to say, should we talk about the um, the actual stake that the Inhumans actually have in the Civil War II, um the whole the, the book? Because we kind of touched on it in terms of like they they want to appear outwardly helpful. Um, but obviously, inwardly, they 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 have uh, done some dodgy things. 
and it's kind of well, you know, who hasn't though? Well, I yeah, mean, look I, at yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, but, not that well, it makes it right, but but it's kind of what dodgy things have they done? The only well, yeah, it's it's just the whole Iron Man thing, and I'm still still bitter, bitter about it. Yeah, it's oh, uh, so they 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 injured your favorite characters. Yes, they uh, did, and I'm angry about feelings. It. <laughs> they took his money. <laughs> they took his money. He'll be able to make that money back in a weekend. Yeah, he's true. Tony Stark. Yeah, that's very true. But in, in terms of you know the entire sort of Civil War two storyline, what what are the Inhumans sort of got a stake in? I think you know, they're trying honestly, and actually, um, Sol mentioned this in that CBR interview that they that he, he and Lamaya recently did. But basically, and this is part of Crystal's mission right now, is they're trying to get as many people on their side as they possibly can. And I think offering Ulysses to the Ultimates was one of these steps to do that because we've got the upcoming our IVX, and I think I think that has something to do with it, honestly. Yeah, and that's again a very good segue because uh, I right. think we're going to move on to actually talking about Inhumans versus X Men and um, uh, Death of X because they all they both seem to be coming around uh, at a very similar time and very similar themes as well. Um, which is is good to yeah, see. It's, it's in in it's my opinion. Be so I just want to dive in straight. You know, first thing is is that to me they appear to be bookends to a story um, because Death of X is going to be the story of what happened in the eight month gap between Secret Wars and the start of you know the all, the, new. all new Marvel Universe and right. uh, Inhumans versus X Men appears to be the end of the whole. Sort of, in, I wouldn't say it's the end of the Inhumans push, but it's the end of the Terrigen Clouds that started all the way back in Infinity. Or at least, right. at least that's my my view of it. I mean, no, you know, it could, I think it's a good view, and I think it, mm-hmm. it, it could go completely the different direction. You don't know, but that's what I'm expecting to see from this because, of course, it's Lemire and um, uh, Sol that's writing Soul. it. Yeah, um, and they're they're kind of like the. The, the guys that are, are, are telling the whole inhuman X-Men story from the from the Terrigen Mists and it's they're the, the chief architects of the two franchises yeah and it's it's essentially it's been two sides of the same story it's been you know a flip of a coin and you get one or the other and it's uh, it's been really good to read actually and I, I, I do say that the extraordinary X-Men book um, you know the Apocalypse Wars sort of not I, well Apocalypse Wars does come into it but um, so does current Civil War too, because what yeah. the X Men are doing in Civil War two right now as well. Yeah, but it's I mean, all kind well, of leading up to this big event. But I mean, real quickly, we should re- we should reframe. Um, yes, yes. The, Sorry, the, yes. Ter- the Terrigen Cloud, which was uh, released in at the end of Infinity, it it goes it it triggers uh, Terrigenesis in anyone who has inhuman DNA. We at, at first we thought there was only a small collection of Inhumans living in Adelin, but then it turned out that there are Inhumans all over the world uh, that are latent Inhumans, and exposure to the cloud uh, triggers their transformation. And this, but, this, this is all covered in uh, Inhuman, actually, uh, which came out in, start of, was it 2014? I believe Great so. Great book, I just thought I'd put that in there because it's a good story. It is a good story, but it also turns out, and this was a very big shift, that the Terrigen Cloud is also hugely deleterious to mutants. It's poison to mutants and causes a disease known as the Mpox, which is kind of like a, a antibiotic-resistant uh, uh, strain of uh, influenza yeah. um, that is deadly. Yeah, it also, uh, se- it also so- seems to vary mutant to mutant as well, because um, I, I, I'm unsure as to which character it is now, but... In Extraordinary X-Men, it might have been Magic, actually, or it might have been in Uncanny uh, Avengers, I, I, I just can't remember, but it shows them... Oh, it's Rogue, that was it, sorry, it was Rogue. Um, it shows her sort of pulling back her jumper, and she's got like a, uh, a skin condition, essentially, so it does vary a little bit, it seems. Well, it does, because in um, A-Force, Dazzler has it, and yeah. um, for her it's like a rash. Yeah. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that prior to um, Secret Wars happening, the cloud didn't hurt mutants at all. Um, it was wow. after Secret Wars, and, well, that we knew of, that I could see anyway. Yeah, I, um, I, I think compression of comic book time has just sort of taken over there because um, right. it's kind of been 
you know, Secret Wars happened very, very similar time to Inhuman because Inhuman came out, I think it was March 2014 and then Secret Wars started almost a year later. But the actual compression of time sort of shows it is all happening. I don't know. I think there's something going on. This has nothing to do with Inhumans, but I think there's something going on now since the universe kind of got rebooted, and I think it has something to do with that, but I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, (laughs) I'm potentially going to lean towards the Sky Spears on that one, um, because I... I I think you're onto something. I I think they've got something big to do with the whole Inhumans versus X-Men story, whether or not they are, you know, whether Kree or... You know, who knows what they are? Because it hasn't been really established apart from it enhances the powers. It enhances the powers, but remember, because now this just occurred to me just now, but it says genocide on the... um, They realized in all-new number one that its genocide is written on the spears. So maybe that's the genocide of the mutants. Or is it genocide of the inhumans? Who knows? Well, certainly genocide (laughs) is bad news. Yeah, I was saying, it this is. is this is really tinfoil hat theories because I and you know this this might be taking a bit of a um, a bit of a, uh, a a bad kind of turn on things, but a lot of people have been saying that the humans are kind of um, you know they're, they're trying to be what X Men are, and I know that's taken like you know people that enjoy the X Men enjoy the X Men, but there's some people out there, and I I. I <sighs> How do I put this nicely? <laughs> there's some no people nice that don't. Yeah, there's some people that don't see the Inhumans as um, sort of equals to the whole mutation, terrogenesis kind of hero. Well, essentially. It's, and it's the it's problem that, is that that Fox Films owns the cinematic rights to the X Men. So yeah. The, uh, Marvel is is less inclined to push forward the X Men because they can't make money up off them. True, though. Well, no, I that's, mean that's, that's the theory. Yeah, that's the, the prevailing I, conspiracy theory. And there's, there's that the, the humans are put forward to replace the X Men because they can't make money off the X Men at the at the box office. It's a ridiculous theory. Well, I they mean, were, it is and isn't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say whether I agree or disagree on this one, but I think what I was going to get at is that. Um, you know, there's 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 people that seem to think that, or at least they, they you know, humans haven't been very popular with them. Put it that way. And you know, whilst right. I can kind of see their side, it's it's one of those things where I kind of think, uh, you know, they might have a point, they might not. But the actual point I was trying to make, sorry, it's it's a really roundabout way of getting there, is that what if this is Marvel's? Um, I can hear a cat again. What if this is yes. Marvel's uh, sort of answer to that? And it's kind of, well, what if they are actually actively getting rid of a lot of Inhumans? Because we've established another well, core team. And right. that's that's quite good, because the X-Men have sort of two or three core teams. What if the, the Marvel are going to say, well, we've got all new, we've got uncanny, all new's not faring massively well in terms of sales. <coughs> Let's put this great bo- uh, bomb on things and just sort of get rid of well you might be onto something there's clearly animosities yeah and it's a really pessimistic view to take for an inhuman podcast and i i do apologize for that but you know this is tinfoil hat time so right well i hear you i i think that um that the 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 friction between inhumans fans and x fans and fans of both is clear and and marvel is going to bank on that they're going to create this these series that pits the X-Men versus the Inhumans um, and uh, starting with Death of X um, then culminating come on buddy, culminating in uh, in Inhumans versus X-Men and then possibly concluding and maybe resolving in Resurrection um, Yeah, that's it it's kind Resur- of- Resurrection I think the um, resurrection is definitely the resurrection of the X-Men. Um, that much to right. me is, is, is clear. Um, but it's just the fact that in that resurrection teaser, whatever you want to call it, it's got the little black bolt. Uh, sim- you know, it's got black bolts, um, you know, whatever it is on his, on his suit. His gif. Yeah, his gif. And it's, that, that to me suggests that the Inhumans have got a really big part to play in it. And yeah, they're, I, they're, it's, a, it's a crossover for sure. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's it's the fact that Black Bolt is you know actively shown on the teaser to me kind of suggests you know is, is Black Bolt going to return to his uh, to his rightful place? That's a good rightful question. Rightful place. Rightful no, that's place. not necessarily his rightful place. His... Though, I think Medusa's been doing a pretty fine job of it. His rightful but, place. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm going to back Queen Medusa on this one. He yeah. he lost throne yeah. fair and square. Right. And that, no, Even yeah. his, he did what um, he did what he needed to do. He did, but I I'm totally on Medusa's court with this one. But anyway, Sorry, going yeah. to the resurrection thing. Um. I actually think that somehow they're going to try and maybe combine the two teams. Well, Either way, I wow. think they're going to become pretty inter. Well, obviously they're becoming pretty intertwined going forward. But um, the, with the resurrection, I'm wondering um, if maybe there's going to be a truce of some sort to the end of that. Well, I would like to optimistically think I, that. I think there is going to be, but I also think that there is going to be an end to the Terrigen Mists. And I, I purely because I feel that. Marvel have kind of done it to generate new characters and you know looking at it from a business perspective having these two lots of essentially mutated teams um, and then keeping on adding to that um, so kind of the idea that you're adding to the Inhumans but you're not actually taking anything or adding anything to the X-Men um, it, it's it's kind of one of those things that I feel they're doing to you know basically bulk out the the Inhumans um, well, it's it's that's well, a matter of speculation. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I, it definitely is. But I think it's just the fact that Miss Marvel's come along and it's done. She's done massively well, and she's an original character. I think it's like we established last week as an original character. She's done amazingly well. She's great to read, and that kind of stuff. Um, and and yeah, I think that I, I personally, you know, I'd like not to think it, but that's that's just my opinion. I can't, you know, I can't change that. Well, well I can change is... that, but <laughs> it's but... Know, it's inarguable that yes. had had Miss Marvel arrived ten or twenty years ago, she would have been a mutant. Um, she arrived more recently, and now she's an inhuman. Um, that's just the way it goes, and it, it, yeah. it's it's a prudent business decision on Marvel's part because. Um, the fact that she's become a success and most likely will show up in well she already has shown up in cartoons and will probably show up on either TV or the silver screen sometime soon because she's not a mutant they have the rights to her yeah but I think I, I, I just think that sort of as an inhuman I think it's it's really good for I mean you know forgetting the whole business kind of side of things it is genuinely really good to have her as an inhuman because she introduces characters into her books um you know, so, cuz she was riding around with Lockjaw for a long time wasn't she Yep she um, was which yeah I haven't actually read those books yet. um but uh you know she's she had Lockjaw they could introduce pretty much all the royal family into it if they wanted to and and, and and it's it's and it's done really well and i i really i really like that but she's been showing up in moon girl too yeah and there's another one yes. who i'm glad isn't inhuman as well because um i think i think i think you know in a roundabout way that's kind of what i was trying to get at earlier with the you know the whole comment of um they're kind of adding to the inhumans whilst not being not taking or adding anything to the x-men because the X-Men have got so many good characters and so many great characters and Uncanny X-Men, the last or the previous Uncanny X-Men arc with from Bendis, introduced that new team and it introduced a load of new characters that were great um, and I, I just think that, you know, it is kind of the Inhumans' turn personally and and I mean that with a, the, a massive amount of respect to the X-Men of course the X-Men have a lot of good characters and a lot of good characters that have not been properly utilized that have remained at a um, wallflower status and it's just a waste. Um, so, yeah, to cap their their numbers for a little while is, is just fine. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's, that's for my opinion, it's a good story-wise and it's good thematically-wise. So. I do too, because how long has it just been only, you know, the six in humans? of the royal yeah, family and exactly. as classic as they are and as awesome as they are i think and they did it a little bit with marvel knights because we have seen a couple of them show up recently like we saw diwaz in a in a on, 
Was it Uncanny X-Men that we saw him show up? We haven't seen him it in a while. It was X-Men, X-Men Civil War number three. three. The Great yeah. Duan returns from Limbo. But and it's probably uh, captured. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, to cap it all off, Inhumans versus X-Men looks to be uh, an interesting one because it doesn't seem to be that, you know, AVX came out and it was just an awful lot of fighting. I don't think that's going to be what's happening in, in, in Humans versus X-Men. Um, I don't think so either. I think it's going to be a little, a lot more political intrigue, actually. I think it's going to be yeah. more politics than uh, anything else. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of fighting too, don't get me wrong, but oh, I think yeah. we're going to see more more political intrigue, which is what we've been seeing a lot with the Inhumans anyway, is a lot more politics in the play than... Uh, well, even right. even in, with Lemire, it's been a very in X Men, extraordinary X Men, particularly. It's all been about the whole um, extinction thing, um, and it, and I think he Lemire has done a very good twist on it. And even the Apocalypse War stuff with the X Men, it's actually been a genuinely uh, nice story to read, and uh, and I I really do hope that they they do both sets of characters, which as much as much sort of uh, I've forgotten the word um, as much. You know, it gives them as much screen time, play, praise, and all that sort of stuff as possible, because right. they're, they're they're probably, in my opinion, Lemire and, uh, and and Soul are some of the best writers Marvel have. So, I'm sure we're going to get a good book. I think I have high hopes of the book. I think it could be quite good. Yeah. Um, as as with as well. I think that a lot of the more uh, jaded X-Men fans feel the other way around. They think, oh my, they don't want to read it. They don't want, they're not interested in the humans, but you know what? They're going to read it anyways, because it's going to be good. And, uh, well, uh, it's kind of funny. You said that actually doc, because I, and that's why I haven't really said much is I don't know anything about the X-Men. I don't have any interest in reading their books. And I actually kind of, I have my reasons why, um, <laughs> but, as someone who really isn't interested in reading about the X-Men, I am totally there for this Death of X and uh, IVX and Resurrection because, well, one, it's the Inhumans, and I, I really, anything with them I'll read, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I, it's going to kind of play on both ways because I, I honestly could care less about the X-Men, I'm sorry to say. But I, 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 do, I hope that Inhumans versus X-Men does get you into, or interested in at least, some of the, some of the characters in there. Um, because you know I, I'm a big fan of both Inhumans and X-Men I mean if you look at my pull list it is predominantly X-Men books I'm not going to lie it's predominantly X-Men books um, right I get pretty much all of them <laughs> so well the the general purpose of a crossover event is is cross-pollination to yeah. get readers of book A to read book B and readers of book B to read book A and it's quite possible that these crossovers will generate greater readership for the Inhumans. It's possible it won't, but, but you know, we can hope for the best. Equally, vice versa, like with Saren here, it's it's vice versa. You know, hopefully that you get interested in it and, and, and start reading stuff about them. But I gotta be honest, I have almost picked up because I love Dennis Hopeless, obviously I read Spider Woman. So I love Dennis Hopeless and what he's done with that book, and I I sit Every week at my comic book shop, and I look at all new and or all new X Men, and I go, I'm going to pick it up this week and I'm going to read it. But then I think about the fan base, and the fan base has totally turned me off to the books. I can't do it. I like I look at it and I look at it and I walk away. I, I, the fan I, base I, has turned me off. Completely. I'm going to be. I'm gonna be I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but I, I think that's not a good way to. I know it's not. Make to be. It's it's not. It really is not. And, and br- it's not fair to the authors of the book. It's not fair to the artists of the book. And I'm kind of pot calling kettle here. I know I am, but I <laughs> well, guess it's what what you're describing is exactly what doomed all new and humans because there was a huge is. segment of the of the reading of the Marvel fandom who said we are going to boycott this book because it Even is. Even shops X-Men were ripoff. boycotting the book. Even the shops were boycotting that book. But I, I think it's just a, to... a shame. It's a sh- absolute shame. But just I'm, to... I'm trying not to, and I don't want a book canceled. That's the thing. Every time I hear of someone getting a book canceled, I feel bad for the people who read that book and love that book. And and I I really I really do try like and, I, and I'm trying not to not to do that. And honestly, I also have a budget too. But yeah, I yeah, I, I I I I just I can't. I don't know. I just and I, I think of those fans, and I go, I don't want to be associated with the fans of those people by 
picking up. <laughs> I just, you know, I just like to comment in here. We don't mean every single X fan ever, but we're just talking. I know, about there's, I know there's, we don't. There's but just that a certain... there's a toxic kind of. There's just a couple. You know, you see it everywhere. There's just a couple of people that seem to say the most crazy things, and you kind of think, really, why? And I, I think me and me and Doc will will quite happily go out right. and read a, an x-men book and an inhumans book because we I love know. you know we love the marvel movie but uh, just one you know last point on the whole all new x-men thing um i wouldn't say that's the best book to pick up to get into the x-men okay. <laughs> i was only doing it because i like dennis hopeless i, there you I know i wanted just, to do that theme too but because I here, just here we go it's uh it's prediction time yes Sermon, i know how much you love spider-woman <laughs> here we go and i know how much you love crystal i can predict with a fair accuracy here on this one that I'm going to, I'm going to be Ulysses. I, I predict that you are going to love the character of Rachel Summers. Yes. She is very much in the cast of spider woman and, and crystal. You're going to be like, Oh, that's my girl. And, um, yeah. So we'll see I, if that comes to fruition. I, okay. I, I feel we've kind of we kind of gone off, gone off a little bit of topic here, but um... we got way off topic. But that's okay. It was something that needed. It was a discussion, I believe, that needed to be had. Yeah, and I, I just yeah. want to establish that we are absolutely both X. Well, at least me and Doc, at least, are both absolutely X Men and human fans. I, I really want to get out there because I feel we've done a little bit of X Men fan bashing, and I don't want to seem like that. <laughs> right. You know? well, and I apologize I, I, as well, but I was just expressing my frustration. Yeah, a little bit. It's a sad day. Yeah, we're seeing the end of, of all new and humans, which was such a great book, and we have good reason to feel <laughs> angry. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I live in Chicago. I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. I'll always root <laughs> for the Cubs. But going to a Cubs game, you're subjected to some of the <laughs> the worst that Chicago has to offer in terms of loud, grabby sometimes racist uh uh cubs fans so you can love a team and not love its fans you can love a book and not be crazy about its fans yeah i i think i think you're absolutely Point. right there and i think because for me um and yeah i don't want, i don't want to sort of call out anybody particularly but there's particularly places on the internet that are just full of fans that you know you, the problem with the internet and um, this this is, this is this is a massively broad stereotype. But the problem with the Uh-oh. internet is you're more likely to see negative comments than you are positive. And whilst we might have uh, actually added to those uh, negative comments a little bit in this episode, I think that if you go on the internet, just expect to see somebody bashing your favorite character. Expect to see someone with this crazy yes. conspiracy theory that. Um, you know the X Men are all going to die, or the Inhumans are, you know, going to rule the Marvel universe. So take everything we've said with a pinch of salt as well, because it was all completely tin foil hat theories. <laughs> it, it was it, we we are we are sort of we are just rambling a little bit <laughs> and sort of yeah. getting and on my chest. What we want to see a handful of salt, handful, yeah, a sea, you know, and a sea worth of salt. On that wonderful note, um, I think we should wrap things up. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We have some more giveaways. Seren, tell them what they have won. Oh, okay. If we'll you win. email us and uh, to, to um, AdelanRising at Outlook dot com uh, with either comments or feedback on this episode, you will uh, win some comics. Um, we are giving away issues of Miss Marvel, uh, issues number nine and ten. We are giving away. Um, the Uncanny Inhumans Annual Number One, and I do believe we are giving away um, Moon Girl, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur uh, issues nine and ten. So uh, please, first um, come first serve. Yeah, yes, first come first serve. You will uh, be given comic codes. The first uh, three people um, that email us will get comic codes. But please feel free to email us once again at Adelan or Adelan Rising at Outlook dot com. And um, please, uh, or leave comments on our um, on our website, uh, which is currently Podcast dot wordpress dot com, um, and open a discussion with us. We will love to talk to you. We would love to see what your feelings are um, on what we have discussed today, um, whether it's uh, all new Inhumans, Uncanny Inhumans, Inhumans in Civil War Two, um, the upcoming uh, crossover events with the Inhumans and the X Men. Please 
contact us. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, and just to just to sort of segue into that, um, we, we we are kind of we do really want to get some X Men discussion going on here as well, um, especially in the next coming months. So so do email us in about that. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Very much appreciate it. Yeah. Cheers. Have a good one. Till next time.